What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me once again is Colin Mitchell. And Colin, I don't know if you've heard, but I hate kids at basketball games. <laughs> I, this is not what I thought it was going to start this podcast. I love springing just random. You know that was great. That you that was to great. Start the podcast. Uh, yeah, Make you sure hate you're on kids. I hate kids at basketball games. Um, but apparently people like kids. I didn't know that was okay. a thing. I like kids. Like 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 I like growing up. Like kids growing like up. My, like right no seriously when I was like a teenager 15 you know uh-huh. you know you have like those five-year-old cousins or whatever mm-hmm. like I play with Hot Wheels with them like I enjoyed and you that. like that I enjoyed it Jesus. now you give me unruly kids that's a whole nother level so I guess background for anybody who didn't see or wasn't in my mentions uh <laughs> I, I basically said I basically said that I didn't want the marketing department or whoever was in charge uh bringing in a bunch of kids to the basketball North Texas men's basketball game yesterday, and I tweeted that before the game. Yeah, let's let's get the caught tweet some, up. Caught some flack. No, no, no. We don't need to. We don't need to okay. do that. Okay. I, I think it. Oh, I described it well enough. Wouldn't you say? I just didn't want kids coming to the game. Like, right. Ran like you didn't let random you, kids. What coming you to said the games. was you didn't want manufactured noise. Manufactured kids coming to the game. Manufactured kids. <laughs> Like iRobot of kids. Yes, yeah, that's what it felt, looked like. But anyways, hordes of kids coming into the game, and obviously for their school and whatnot. And you know, I've I've seen it before. They've done it plenty of times before. I covered. I remember, I covered the women's basketball team my freshman year. I think they do this every year with the women's team, but they bring in like it feels like two thousand kids, and they fill up almost half the entire lower bowl with kids and it is the most deafening thing I've ever been around and I could not hear the entire game and I think I'm just scarred from that Colin. Uh, do you know what a macaw is? No. Bernie? It is a parrot and that's what those kids sound like. That's what yes yeah. so if you just put on the jumbotron noise make noise they will start screaming at the top of their lungs. Like parrots. And that's what I didn't want to happen so that's where I drew the line I was like I don't want them just screaming. Right. I want a basketball environment. Right. right? That's what I wanted. I want because this team is so good that I'm like they don't need to just have noise they need to have a crowd. Right. And they, there's a difference. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where I was drawing the line. Now granted I will admit that I was wrong and that I thought they were bringing even more kids and what they brought they probably only brought what 400 500 we'll probably say. 500 okay let's say 500 i thought they were gonna bring like a couple hundred more and they were gonna really fill up that upper bowl a little bit but they they kind of they only brought only brought 500 and they were the kids were actually not as i don't want to say what's the word what's unruly the word? nauseating i guess nauseating. As, <laughs> as they've been in the Brady's past falling asleep because of kids and um so yeah so anyways I'm just that 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 got some heat in my mentions. Everyone was telling me how I'm an old guy and get off my lawn. Get off. Ren Baker told me to get told me to yell at the kids to get off their my lawn. So yeah, Colin, that was a fun um, precursor to. As the long game. as it doesn't feel manufactured, then it's fine. Last night didn't feel manufactured. You know why? Because it was an because actual there was an actual crowd. exactly there was actual people chanting defense, not when they were told to. I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had that happen. Now before again, the student life. crowd is um, 
whatever. But I think the actual crowd that was there was was impressive. Yeah. I was I was I was yeah. okay with that. So that's how we're starting this podcast. Not with an apology, but an explanation. Colin, last year I had my attendance problems, <laughs> and then this year you have yours. So no, I have my kid problem. That's what I have. Kid problem. What's worse? Me blaming all alumni or you blaming all kids? Me blaming kids gets people more upset, definitely. 100%. Because they're the alumni's kids. They were not. They were random elementary school kids that said, Statistically, hey, who wants to come on a they're Saturday? they're probably alumni's kids. Maybe. Maybe. Like 30%. Maybe. Okay, sure. <laughs> All right, guys. So in case you didn't hear this already i'm matthew bruni here with colin mitchell and we're going to talk about basketball today all right let's do it north texas basketball we are going to cover the charlotte and old dominion wins and we're going to get in depth about those and we're going to talk about pod play pod play because they those schedules were just released colin. are we the only ones that call it pod play maybe bonus play pod play um, I like pod play, so let's keep it that way. I like pod play too. Anyways, I got the stopwatch out, Bruni. So, uh, all right, for are those you ready? for those of you who don't know, this is our thirty second recaps of the game. So that your way we thirty don't, second recap, my thirty second recaps of the game. So that way we don't drag on and barrel into stuff that don't, nobody cares about. Okay, so, so here we go. Uh, on my mark, three, <laughs> two, one. All right, so Charlotte on Thursday, it was an 81-72 to win for North Texas. It was a team effort, five and double double figures, but Charlotte did not go away. They kept coming back and back and back. And North Texas ended the game, ended the game 7 of 18 from three after starting two of nine from three, and Charlotte was 13 of 23 from three. So they were really shooting the ball well. They were forcing problems, um, especially for the North Texas guards and with their guards. So it was a very interesting complex, and I'm very – Interested in Charlotte. We'll talk about that later. Now, Old Dominion on Saturday afternoon, yesterday, North Texas won 64-47. to It was a game dominated by Javion Hamlet and Emoji Gibson. The only two players with more than five points. And both of them were very efficient in, in their efforts. Um, Mo, shoot, Mo had 18 points. Javion had 27 points. <coughs> and Old Dominion played a zone. They packed it in, and the shooters just got going. And albeit it was a low-scoring game, North Texas was amazing defensively, just amazing. So yeah, you had a little bit of barely made that last that. time, but it's okay. <coughs> barely made that. Whew. All right, Colin. So while I get some water, you, you tell me what stood out to you the most in this grand picture of these last two wins before pot play. Uh, I think in the Charlotte game specifically, it was that this team does not buckle whenever they are th- shown adversity. Um, so like Charlotte was hot. They stayed hot. They kept coming back every time North Texas, you thought would hit them with a dagger and North Texas just kept hitting daggers. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably the most impressive thing was that they were, they were able to keep countering what Charlotte was countering them with. Um, and then against old dominion, it was to see that they were able to start slow, but still dominate a game, mm-hmm. you know, dominate, dominate. It, it's kind of how it's. The, the ODU game was kind of like how LaTeX was in like the last five minutes for that the first ten minutes exactly. of the ODU game, and it was impressive not only because they beat the reigning champions, but you know ODU is a very physical team and probably one of the most physical teams they faced this season. Yeah, Charlotte, like you said, offensively was a very big challenge for them for North Texas. They did a good job spacing them out. Their guards attacked really well, and they put North Texas in rotation a lot like time after time after time and North Texas albeit didn't adjust that well and did not play a good defensive game it was 
it wasn't a very strong defensive game at all from them. Probably one of their worst in conference play. But like you said, they kept making the shots that mattered in the second half. They started making threes. They started getting to the paint. And Charlotte kind of hung around there for a while. So I was impressed by that for them. And they have some good guards. So then you go to Old Dominion and it was a very different game. Like you said, a very physical game, a very slow game, especially once Old Dominion jumped into to that zone. The, the entire flow of the game just stopped, basically. Zach couldn't do anything in the post. Zach had eight turnovers. He was very out of sync on the offensive side of the ball, going against those big forwards of theirs and facing any double teams. And I think I told you, I told you after halftime, after Mo hit those two threes, I said, Grant, I think Grant just went to half and said, all right, guys, we know Old Dominion's going to pack in the paint. We know they're going to play zone. So just be ready to catch and shoot, and we're going to light them up from the outside. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, you – Albeit they only shot, I think it was seven, yeah, seven of twenty from three. They, those threes were huge. The two back-to-back Mo threes were huge, and I think they hit a three at close. Oh yeah, but Javion's three to close the half was huge as well. They were very timely threes, and that's what this team has gotten a lot better at. They're not. Sometimes they might not, barat, like, make a bunch of threes to bury you. They will hit timely threes to bury you. And I think that's a very big thing when it comes to this team and how they play on a consistent basis. And again, you can't say enough about Javion. Albeit, I think he had three turnovers. Um, let's see, what did he finish with technically? Two? Two? I think he had three, but regardless. Um, yeah, it wasn't a pretty game by everybody, but Javion was in control and Mo was in control. So you yeah. can't can't say too much more. Now, what what irked us about the, these two these two games? What bothered us the most here? I think was the it, inconsistency of everyone else mm-hmm. uh, kind of bothers me. I mean, Javion and Mo. I mean, last night, Javion 27 points, Mo 18. I think the third highest score had five, yeah. James Reese, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. So yes. on, on those nights where Javion and Mo, although they're not often, don't have a good night where they score, you know, 15 plus points, you need to have a guy that can come out and. and and make baskets. I mean, we expected DJ to kind of be more consistent. He hasn't been on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Reese hit or miss on the offensive end. He's hitting his threes, but he's not getting a lot of opportunities. Say with DJ, I think yeah. him and DJ, they're on the court and they're for their defense largely, but this team will need them to. Yeah. They need those two to probably combine for five threes. Again. And, and I think a lot of it at comes least. back to the Zach's ability to play make out of the post. Mm-hmm. Um, when Javion and Mo had the ball in their hands, they're making their plays for themselves or they're handing it to Zach. And the only time that DJ or James get uh, opportunities is if Zach's in a double team and kicks it out or if Mo drives or uh, Javion drives and kicks it out. So there's not a whole lot of, I guess, drawn-up plays for them, mm-hmm. I want to say. So it, it'll be interesting how that how that develops moving forward. I do think the creation is a fascinating aspect because, like you said, Basically, three players create on this team. Javion, first and foremost, then Mo, then Zach. Mm-hmm. And like last uh, yesterday against Old Dominion, Zach was taken away. And it took them a little bit, of, oh, it took them a while to kind of adjust to that, figure it out. And it happens every time one of those playmakers is taken away, it takes them a little bit to adjust. Now, I'll be, I think Mo is the most, he's their best scorer, but he's the maybe their most. Uh, expendable playmaker mm-hmm. they need Zach and they need Javion right because that's like the two different styles of their offense one style of offense is their guards and how they create and then the other is go to the post feed Zach let him dominate in the paint 
those are the two facets. And then Mo is kind of um, he's kind of a product of the guard plays, kind of a product of uh, Zach getting going in the post and finding him for three because he's such a good shooter that he can do multiple things. Mm-hmm. I think that that it will be interesting when teams can if if teams can make Javion struggle in a bit and they won't double team Zach because then Zach will have to carry. I'm still interested to see if Zach can carry this offense. And that's why, so to get into something else briefly is that I said on Twitter, I said, you can't double Zach Simmons in the post. I, that's my personal belief. I caught a little bit of questioning on that. Just like, uh, I don't know, like he's, he'll kill you all this stuff. Like, but we have to remember that Zach for a lot of conference plays only had single coverage. Mm-hmm. Like there have been games there now where teams will try it and they'll Charlotte. go off it. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte. Um, there there have been games where teams have doubled and then they've gotten out of it in the second half. But a lot of teams have just played him straight up. And he's only scored double figures, I think, in four, three or four conference games. Like mm-hmm. he's not down here killing p- killing teams with his post play. He's mm-hmm. an efficient scorer. But when you ask him to go down and every single time create, then you get... I mean, he had 17 points against Charlotte, which was fine, but he was not the reason they won that game. The reason they won that game was because Charlotte eventually allowed the shooting of North Texas to get going. I think this North Texas team kills you from the three mm-hmm. much more than they will kill you with Zach Simmons. Of course. Yeah. So that's that's those are that's what makes it so tough to guard this team is that you have to pick your poison, obviously. But if I had to pick my poison, I would not double Zach Simmons. And I so that I say all of that to come back to those three creators are there and they showed it in Charlotte game and they showed it in Old Dominion how all of them can t- kind of take what they get take what they're given and when one of them's off they can kind of create off of that. Mm-hmm. And so I do agree with you though Mo uh, I'm sorry DJ and James especially need to make more shots and t- get more shots. So that will be interesting to see how that continue to evolve but I mean that's that's really the only thing I can nitpick really because I think Dang and Thomas were terrific the, past, the these past two games. Yeah, and and they're not they're not your primary. You're not looking for them to get ten a night out of those guys. Exactly. So yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't worried about that at all. And um, Rose as the eighth man, I was cool with too as well. He had that three. Twenty seventeen Rose. Twenty seventeen Rose was there for just a brief fleeting moment. He was there, and we all saw him. Hey, if he's able to somehow turn it on, just 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 for like. Five minutes in, like, the Western game. Look, if he just hits a three a game. No, no, no. One to two. Listen, we need more icing than that. No. No, we don't. More icing. Man. <laughs> yeah, that icing <laughs> statement I said early in the season is kind of coming back to bite me. I Not he, really, because, I mean... I, yeah, it doesn't matter, but... I mean, that, that's what I icing is. He, it, the icing. he is the icing. It's just we don't have a lot of it right now. <laughs> yeah. I think DJ might be more the icing for this team, though. No. Because we know, because we know, cake. we know what DJ is. Like, like Rose is was so inconsistent and is so inconsistent. But I don't even know if that's possible. Okay, for if Rose, Rose plays bad, if Rose plays bad, none none of the take gets cake gets taken away. If DJ plays bad, the take gets taken I away. Or I agree. Cake, sorry, tongue twister. There you go. There you go. But yeah, yeah, you you get what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, I mean, there you go. Yeah. So. I think that's that's all I have for those. Any any other takeaways? I'm trying to think. Charlotte was impressive. Old Dominion. I think Old Dominion is better than what they played. I really do because I think they have enough talent on that team. I just think that 
they I think they play into North Texas defense really well. Mm-hmm. Their penetration, their reliance on the inside, their and they they don't play very fast. Of, yeah, they they don't play fast. Their lack of shooting really just all plays into North Texas uh, hands in a bit. So, and they didn't get North Texas in foul trouble at all. Yeah, like at all. They were Zach had like one foul for most of the first half. It was it was easy for them. So, okay, let me get my notebook. What we got next? Pod play, Colin. Yay. Everybody's wondering, what is pod play? What is bonus play? What is this? What is this? Are we answering questions? Yes. Let okay. me get questions. Are we only doing pod play or yeah, pod play questions right now? Yes. Okay. I sent all the questions to myself so that way I remember them. Okay. So Alejandro Garcia asked about it and NTSN asked about it. Okay. So I'll summarize their questions, basically. Alejandro asked, your thoughts about Conference USA pod play? Is it a waste of time? Should teams just play a normal schedule like everyone else? Before we answer that, though, we should go over the the North Texas schedule. Okay. Okay. So North Texas in pod play. The first pod is North Texas, Louisiana Tech, FIU, Western Kentucky, and Charlotte. Those are the top five teams in Conference USA. Mm Mm-hmm. North Texas will play at home against Louisiana Tech on Saturday at 3. They will play on the road at FIU on Thursday, uh, to February 27th. They will play at home against Western Kentucky on March 1st. On That's a Sunday. Then they will play on the road against Charlotte Wednesday, March 4th. And then they have the last day, March 7th, off as a bye. So, and the tournament starts March 11th, and they will should have a bye so it will start March 12th for them. Mm-hmm. So those are the four games. Now, before we do anything else, I just want to say North Texas, just a little, just a little, got kind of screwed. So here's why. North Texas, on this on this stretch of games, keep in mind their only buy is at the end. Mm-hmm. And you could argue that's the worst place to have a buy. Probably. I would like to have it somewhere in the middle, obviously, to split up the the travel and you know not have to go there to there to there. Mm-hmm. North Texas goes at, stays at home. Denton starts with La Tech, already pretty tough. Also, I want to say I would like for them to have saved the La Tech and Western games for the end, just because there's something to play for. I mean, there's there's potentially could be a conference championship regular season title on the line at the end of the season. So why not make Western Kentucky North Texas as the last game? It's probably a home and away thing. I'm guessing. What do you mean? Like if the way it, where Western and LaTeX are, you have to play those home games. Why I don't think they'd want to flip them. Is why, like they wouldn't want to play the two home games last. No, just you can play LaTeX first, but just play Western at the end. Western oh, I see is, what you're saying. Western is one game back of North Texas. Yeah, like make that the de facto regular season title. Like the chance of that happening. I just think that would be a lot smarter. But regardless, North Texas starts at Denton on Saturday. On the 22nd, I should say. Then they go to FIU on the 27th. So, okay, that's a travel. Then they come back to Denton for March 1st. Then they go to Charlotte on the 4th. So you're not in one place for over four days. <laughs> yeah. You're, meanwhile, and I don't, I don't, again, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But again, if you look at Western, they start off at home. They play Charlotte. Then they stay at home and they play La Tech. Then they go to Denton, they play North Texas, then they have a bye, and then they play at home against Charlotte. I think that's... Oh, I'm sorry. Then they play at on the road against FIU. I think that's way better. So, that's just me nitpicking. But, 
Eh, maybe it matters. Who knows? It is just a lot of travel. My only concern would you're going be there, you're staying here, then going there, then coming back, then going there. My only concern would be the the buy because it, it can generate some rust on somebody mm-hmm. going to the tournament. So yeah. again, I, I think it's the worst place buy you can yeah. have. I don't I don't like that. But regardless, so to get to Alejandro's question, again he asked, "Do you like pod play?" And I don't want to. Re- uh, your thoughts on pod play? Is it a waste of time? Should teams just play a normal schedule like everyone else, every other conference? Okay, in the so so pod play. The reason for it is obviously to make the teams in their respective pods have a higher strength of schedule. So North Texas, instead of playing like Rice or UTEP right now or whomever, they play these top five teams in Conference USA. So then, if they do make the NCAA tournament, they're a twelve seed instead of a thirteen seed or eleven seed instead of a twelve seed. Um, I think the whole argument that they're trying to get an at-large bid. It's just it's not going to happen. But I don't, I don't think it's pointless to have pod play. Yes, you you explained it perfectly. That is why they're doing it. They're trying to increase the strength of schedule so that way. Last two years ago, remember this was, I kind of call it the middle, middle Tennessee rule because two years ago when Middle it's Tennessee good. was fringe top twenty-five for a lot of the year and then knocked out in the first round. and then lost in the first round and then didn't make the tournament. They were one of the first and they didn't make the NIT. Yes, they did. They made the NIT. Did they? Yeah, they did. Okay. Because they won the regular season, so they were automatically in the NIT. I think I, look, I thought looked, Western. Won I actually the... looked it up. They were both in it. Oh, okay. middle was a okay. three. Western was a four. Twenty seventeen. Gotcha. Okay. So, um. Anyways, all I was trying to say is that Middle Tennessee's falling short and just being one spot out. Conference USA looked at themselves and said, "How can we give Middle Tennessee that extra?" Push, you know, go from let's say where they were. I don't know. I'm just spinning spitballing here. If they were 80th in strength of schedule, how can we get them? If they were 70th, that would have maybe raised them up a spot or two in those net rankings or whatever the rankings mm-hmm. were, and that could have maybe put them in the tournament. Right, and they could add two tournament teams there. And so it's just trying to give them that extra little push. Now people will say, is it worth it? Worth it in what sense? Is it worth? rearranging your entire last half last four games of your schedule just for a chance at moving up 10 spots in strength of schedule why not i mean that that's my why not because i the only the only thing i can think of as a argument against pod play would be if you don't have a dominant team in the conference mm-hmm. and then it's just everyone just killing themselves for like, no reason for no reason exactly so like if what if if this top pod right now if every team was exactly in the same level and you know everyone just you know going 500 and pod play then there's really no point mm-hmm. but the goal is for like north texas to go three and one and then if they somehow get knocked out of the tournament or they do get knocked out of the tournament then they have that quote-unquote at-large bid yeah you know hope hope yeah. yeah i agree i think more than anything it just provides more hope right and i think and there's nothing wrong with that no i do wonder because a lot of people were kind of upset why? I was, I mean, for for that reason, like trying to rearrange everything and not just playing it straight up, I, I do wonder if just playing it straight up, because they would probably play, you know, two good teams and two bad teams. Okay. Instead of just playing four good teams. Now, personally, I agree with you. I think that pod play, I actually will take a step farther than you. I think pod play is very good. I think it, I, I don't think the big school, big conferences need to do it at all, but I think t- conferences like this, need to do it i think even maybe like the west coast conference could do it san francisco um pepperdine or gonzaga st mary's Mm -hmm. that that 
conference that's trying to get more teams like San Francisco is trying to make a make the tournament and they're not going to win the conference like I think it could you could make an argument that even in that conference more than Conference USA it is more favorable because you have such a dominant Gonzaga team and right. you really want it gives St. Anyone else a chance. you want San Francisco to make it you want the Pepperdines to make it you want those teams to have an extra push extra chance and I think for those conferences you could make an argument it's even more important that they do this mm-hmm. But they don't. So I look at it as a a no loss situation. I look at it as only positive, and I look at it as the only downside possible is that there's a little bit more randomness in your schedule. I guess there's a it's a little bit more difficult of a schedule, obviously, but also in traveling and whatnot. So I don't see it as a problem at all. I I love it, first of all. I like the fact that you play every team in your conference once and one team twice, obviously, which for North Texas was Rice. And then you go and you play the big boys. It's kind of like a precursor to the tournament, in a sense. Right. And that and is, again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's no, warm-up games. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this four-game stretch. It's going to be great. It's fantastic. So, um, yeah, that that's my take on it. I personally enjoy it a lot. I know a lot of people are kind of either indifferent to it or just don't enjoy it for whatever reason. I enjoy watching good basketball teams play good basketball teams. And if I get a chance to watch North Texas play West Kentucky, La Tech again, Charlotte again, FIU again, that'll be fun. So Agreed. Um, oh, actually, I think I was wrong. NTSN did not send send that question. NTSN has different questions. Okay, so is that the only pop question? Yes. Before we do that, though, oh, yeah, before we do that, Let's answer Josh Aid's question. Josh Aid. Um, they asked toughest matchup for UNT and Conference USA attorney. So, what I don't, know, I I don't pitched, even know what the bracket would be like. So, what I pitched to Colin is we rank the team, the top five teams that North Texas that I that we think would be the worst matchup for North Texas in a one game tournament scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, who do you not want to play the okay. most? So, I have I have a list of five teams, Colin. I think these are the five teams. So I'm gonna read these five teams off, and you tell me if, you, if there's anyone you would add. Are these in Are these in order of who? This you... is no in order. We can order this after. Okay, I say okay. Them. So okay. let me know if there's anyone you would add. Okay. Okay. So there's La Tech, Western Kentucky, UTSA, UAB, and Charlotte. I don't really like UAB there. Any but... of the Florida schools? No. Any Old Dominion maybe. Is Rice in? Rice is in. I'd say I'd say Rice. Well, over Rice UAB. will be in. I'd say Rice over UAB. That might be a good point, actually. Okay, I'm crossing out UAB, putting Rice. We're so scared of Rice. They won six in a row, I think. Really? They've won a lot. <laughs> Rice is like on a roll <laughs> right now. They just beat um Utah. Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, those are those are my five. You agree with those five? I agree with those five. Western, La Tech, UTSA, Rice, and Charlotte. All right, who's number five? Who do who do you, who scares you the least of that five? Who scares me the least of those five? Probably Charlotte. I was gonna say UTSA. No, you can Charlotte? you can never say you can never say a team with like an X factor player on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like that that terrifies me. I don't know, man. Charlotte was good. We'll see. All right, number four on that. You want to you want to switch off or you want to? I can. I can well, say this it. is this is a this is a okay. Then I'd, combined effort. I'd probably say four. Then what? I'd put UTSA. There. I, I say Rice or UTSA here. We're putting. Oh my God. Okay. Well, Rice three. 
putting rice three. Okay, I didn't know if you wanted to go any higher. Here. No, 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 no. I didn't know if you were going to say <laughs> rice number one. We're going to have to avoid them at all costs. All right, now we hit the top two, and this is where I think we'll have a little bit I think there's of a big gap between the top two and this. Of course. I think there's going to be a little bit of disagreement here, but I'm not sure. Okay. So, so who do you think is the most is the worst matchup for North Texas? It's a team you don't want them to play in the tournament at all, if possible. This could completely change after pod play. Cause, of course, but this but, is good that we've seen but, every team once. Right. Twice. Or rice. Right now, I'm going to say Western as the second. Western's two? Yes. Okay. And that is only because the problems that North Texas had against Western, they've kind of worked to fix and have fixed. Mm-hmm. And La Tech was like a scary like last five minutes of a game that could have gone anywhere. So yes. that's what I'm going to say. I agree. Oh. I agree, <laughs> Colin. Oh. Um, no, no, no. I, I definitely agree. I mean, mostly for the reasons you said. I feel like Western Kentucky's game, the game that Western Kentucky won, and they're, I'm just not taking anything away from Western Kentucky. They're a good team. We have seen them struggle in the past few weeks. We saw them barely beat Southern Miss. We saw barely them beat UTSA. UTSA, Marshall. You go down the list of teams where they've had to come back and will themselves back. Now, that itself is impressive, and they are a potent team. But their win against North Texas, when you look at what they had success in, specifically in the second half, obviously, when they went on that run, it was two things. It was, one, relying on North Texas turning the ball over against a press. How sustainable that is, I don't know. And albeit North, albeit North Texas, I think, has gotten a lot better at that, handling the pressure and handling turnovers especially. Mm-hmm. So those two things, I think that minimizes that. And if you have to rely on that to beat North Texas, I think you're going to struggle mm-hmm. a bit. Secondly, they relied on a very, very, very good shooting night. That's not a secret to anybody. They had an f- insane run in the second half. They were hitting contested threes. Cameron Justice was hitting threes. Savage was hitting threes. And these are good shooters. But for them to be shooting the way that they did against yeah, North Anderson Texas. Anderson was hitting threes. Yeah. For them to shoot the way they did against North Texas, I don't think it's... I'm not gonna say it's not repeatable, but it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So that's for that those reasons. I don't, I see West Kentucky as a team that is gonna be good and it's gonna be tough to beat. But comparing them to Louisiana Tech, who I think is going to make the game sixty to sixty, fifty to fifty, like in the game that they actually played was fifty-one to fifty or whatever it was. That team matches up with North Texas very well, athletically, yeah. defensively, pace-wise, shooting-wise. They have the elite guards in um, Archibald and Bracey. That team, to me, seems like the team that can just go win a game straight up and not have to pull any, not have to get hot from three, not have right, to, not to pull up any theatrics. Yeah, no, they're they, going they just, to legitimately yeah. make North Texas work every time down, and that's why, to me, they're the they're the most frightening team for North Texas. To yeah, I, I completely agree, agree with you. Hopefully, on that. they stay at the two three Western and LaTeX. Yeah, they, they don't drop to four. Yeah, that would be that would that would be ideal. <laughs> so, um, and also another thing, I although obviously just like everybody who covers and is around North Texas wanted UTSA to beat Western Kentucky, uh, they went to overtime. Western Kentucky won by like four in overtime in San Antonio on Saturday. I'm I kind of like it because no to win a conference championship, you're gonna have to beat Western Kentucky at home. On your home court, after you've ball, lost to them, already. the ball is in their hands now, which is which is what I like. Yeah, 
You're playing a Western Kentucky team that's not playing all that well. They've lost to both the oh, – we didn't even say that. They lost to both the Florida schools back-to-back um, in that run of games where they were like, eh. You have to beat this team at home to win a conference championship, a regular season conference championship. Which gets you to the NIT. Yeah, I mean – So, I, come on. We're, we're at the point where this team – we should be treating this team to a different – we should be treating this team – differently than what we've treated this team in the past agree we should not be looking for them to be handed anything we should look at them to play western kentucky at home and say no 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 you have to beat this team you don't get a two-game lead going into pot play <laughs> right you have to beat this team you have a one-game lead and if you lose to western kentucky you're probably not gonna win the conference championship it's that simple it's that simple and again we think west law tech is a tougher matchup than western kentucky so right who knows but that that makes it really interesting going to this pot play and I think just from us as a bas- basketball fans, we wanted to see the the stakes. Oh, yeah, for stakes, sure. The stakes high. Okay. So thank you, Josh Shade, for your question. Thank you, Alejandro, for your question. Um, NTSN has a few questions here. Hmm. One was about attendance. Do you think we can get a big crowd for West Kentucky La, La Tech? I la- a big crowd, in my definition, is almost filling up the the lower bowl. Yeah. Which was not the case against Old Dominion, albeit, but let's say the lower bowl is 6,000. Let's just throw that out there. I don't. I think that's about what it was in the CBI championship. It was about 6,000, 6. Yeah, because I, I know the Super Pit's 10,000. Yeah, I so think it's about 6, 6.5 6. lower. All right, let's say 6. How much are you expecting? Out of 6, how much are you expecting for the, the two games? Four, Four and a half? half? I'd be happy with that. I'd be happy. I feel like there were about three. As long as it's not, as long as, I don't care how many fans, I don't care what the look is, as long as there's an atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I mean, the football games, you've had 29,000 people there, but it didn't sound like 29,000 people. Mm -hmm. So as long as the people that are there are getting loud, I don't care how many people are there. Yeah. Now, second question is, uh, how do you think North Texas handles seven days off leading up to the first game? And that is where I'm concerned. Going into the La Tech game specifically. Yeah. Just because... You're not in that rhythm of just going through the conference, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, go play a game, come back, play a game. It's going to be interesting, especially because of La Tech. That's why I didn't want to play La Tech first. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather have played Western first, although you're, you're not on the same uh, bus as me. Of but course. No, yeah, I'd like – it's concerning because they're going to have to be up to speed because if La Tech comes into North Texas and is up to speed and they're like, oh, hey, JV on beat us on a buzzer beater at home, we're going to come out and – try to destroy this team mm-hmm. like that concerns me yeah the only good thing i see is that this coaching staff has done a really good job obviously not not against rice but uh against most teams they've done a good job adjusting mm-hmm. and so for that reason i do have a little bit more faith going into this game that they have seven days to prepare for louisiana tech specifically and i'm glad about that so that's that's one thing um overall i don't think it's a huge deal yeah, I don't think it's a huge deal. I am kind of concerned that Louisiana Tech is going to come in and start punching North Texas. <laughs> yeah, Figurative, figuratively. It, it could be terrifying. <laughs> so that, that would be an interesting storyline, but who knows? All right, next for NTSN. We've seen Hamlet take over, can take over games, but do y'all, do y'all think someone else can help with that spot during the final stretch? We saw Mo against Charlotte yeah, Mo, take over the, the game at the end, Mo's too. Mo's obviously the second candidate for that, mm-hmm. but... I don't. I don't see anyone past him. Anyone else? I mean, Reese can make open threes. DJ can make open threes. Uh, Reese is streaky. He can. He can hit big shots. 
But like Zach, he's not gonna. He he might he can score a lot, but he's not gonna. It's not gonna will your team to a win. Yeah, I I, I agree. I and I don't think you need much more than those two. I think those you know, two. Javion Javion has been Javion alone really has Javion proven. has been so consistent. It's just, it's it's so weird to see just a player that whenever you need a basket, he just gets it for you. Mm-hmm. And that's Javion. So I agree. I don't think you have to go far past those two to really secure games. Mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine with those two. I mean, last night, next the third highest score had five points. Exactly. So. Exactly. All right. And then he asked, uh, who is going to be the key to win this regular season title? Javion. Any other X factor? No. Javion, can, Javion is the type of player that can will a team to a win. I agree. Here, I'll give you an X factor. Dangu. Dang. Dang, dang, dang. Because I feel like he had a slump there for a little he bit. He had a slump, but and the team I feel still like won games. Yes, I agree. But this is the final four games of regular yeah. season. Like you're going to have to play well these games. And I think against all these teams, Louisiana Tech specifically, he's going to have to play really well. Who, who, who? How would you power rank the starting lineup in terms of importance to winning? Javion won Mo Zach. Mm. See, I don't think you could put Mo or Zach second. Because last night, Zach, zero points, eight turnovers. Mo, he had that stretch where he just shot like 30%. Okay, I agree. James Reese, too. <laughs> yeah, see, he's consistent. I do think Zach is third, though. I was Zach, Zach has three, to be third. Because Mo, four, and Dang, five. I agree. Because you have Thomas there that can supplant mm-hmm. Dang if you need to. So, yeah, that's my five. That's a good question. All right. Um... Lastly, he asked about um, what can North Texas do to pull pull in more students besides the, what they're already doing. Bring some more elementary schoolers in. <laughs> just put, just bring, just bring in high schoolers. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even school. thinking about that. I thought bring the elementary school kids and put them in the student section. <laughs> no, bring the elementary school kids, and then just wring money from this ceiling, like one dollar, <laughs> like ten to one dollar bills. No monopoly money. Monopoly. Just, just. Oh man, that would get it. No, loud. there's, there's no. Like we need to stop. <laughs> drop the money. <laughs> On the third made three, we'll drop money. No, uh, no, there's, be. there's not a whole lot you can do. North Texas is in a big basketball school, and that's, that's what it is. You know, Texas is football country, and North Texas, at most, has football. I so. agree. Now, I think that's, I think that's it. I think that's, yeah, that's it. Thank you, NTSN, for your questions. Lastly, from Evan Frantum. I don't know why I said it like that. I was trying to read it. I'm making sure I read it right. All right. He asked, how, what do you project our seeding to be in the Conference USA tournament? The one seed. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. We project North Texas to be the one seed. I if, do think they'll be West If North Texas is not the one seed, I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed because I'm be, I'd, I would be so scared that they'd lose in the tournament, and then yeah. we would just not have a postseason tournament with how good this team is. I'd be terrified. So, yes. Right now, they're playing for the NIT. Here we go. What percentage chance do you consider, do you think they'll win the regular season title at this moment? 75% chance. I was going to say 60. I think 75% chance because if North Texas, say North Texas goes 2-2, two and two, Western, at best, I think, goes 2-2. Two and two. If they beat Western Kentucky. They'll have a two-game lead on Western Kentucky, yeah. and they'll have a tie. So I don't know how the, what the tiebreaker is for that. But if you beat Western Kentucky, you're really only worried about Louisiana Tech, I guess. But they're two games back already. Right? Yes. Yeah. So 
Really, I, if you I, beat La Tech and Western loses to mm-hmm. La Tech. Yeah. And that's There's tough. a lot of ways they can win it. So I'll yeah. put it at 60 to 70%. I'm cool at 75. Um, oh, he also asked, is anything less than a conference championship and national bid a disappointment? I'm assuming national bid is the same thing as a conference championship because it's a tournament appearance. Well, I think he meant regular season championship probably and then he meant oh okay is anything less than both of those a disappointment I think so at this point and I don't think there's anything wrong with that like you said this team is not like teams in years past this team is expected to win every game they play like they're going to win every game and if you were blowing out teams by 15-20 points and then all of a sudden you lay an egg against any of these teams in pod play then there's an issue I will say that not winning the regular season title would be disappointing. Not yes. winning the conference tournament wouldn't be disappointing unless they lost it in their first game or maybe and second game. If they didn't, if they lost if it they anywhere didn't get other to, than the championship, it, it, yeah, if they didn't get to the championship, because maybe. they should be head and no, I'm not gonna say head and shoulders, but they should be better than whoever whoever they play first, who will be an eight or nine seed. I Theoretically, think, if they get the one seed, whoever they play in the eight nine, which will be like a UAB or something like that, they should beat them. Then the four seed, they'll play like. FIU mm-hmm. or Charlotte mm-hmm. should be those teams. Then you play the big boys in the two, three or whatever. So then at that point you can lose the game and I won't be disappointed. I mean, I obviously will be, <laughs> we will be disappointed, but it won't be this tragic thing that I look at it and be like, how did this team lose? It won't right. be a middle Tennessee situation where how did this team lose? No, it will be a, it's a one game tournament. It's a one game. It's a one game playoff basically to make the tournament and it's a basketball game right and that's why in the nba you have series so the best team wins and sometimes the best team don't even win in that i mean yeah it's it's basketball right so i i don't expect that i do expect them to win the the regular season title because of like you said it's not one game it's 18 games Mm -hmm. so that for that reason they do i think they need to win at least one of them so or it will be a disappointment I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the coaching staff is saying, listen, we're trying to get in the NIT or something to that effect. As well, I think it's more than anything they're saying to themselves, let's just win the regular season title. So that way, if at the very worst, we get an automatic bid. Right. And that's NIT. what that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't I, I honestly don't even think they're looking at the conference tournament right now. They're saying, OK, let's play for more games right now. Of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like you said, do having this season not getting in a, re- in a postseason tournament would be kind of crazy. Yeah. Obviously, they get invited to places. Right, but we're not. I don't know. North Texas isn't going to need. If you play in the CBI, yeah, no, sad. Not, I'd be kind of sad about that too. So yeah, okay. Let me check my note. Thank you for your question, Evan. Thank you for questions, plural. All right, Colin. I have nothing left to talk about. Oh, okay. Here is what we can talk about very quickly. Between, okay, I get, I'm going to go through these four games real quickly. We're not going to go too much longer here, but I'm going to go through these four games. And I'm going to say if you expect them to be more difficult or less difficult than when they played them the first time. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. So Louisiana Tech at home, do you expect that to be more difficult or less, more manageable, I guess. That yeah, game is the only game that scares me. I'm going to say more difficult. Okay. What percentage chance you put them at winning? 
kind of like the last one. I think I think La Tech is going to come into this game just on fire. They're gonna they hate North Texas right now, <laughs> so uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Um, FIU at on the road. Now keep in mind they did blow out FIU at home. What am I saying? Am I is saying it more difficult or less difficult than before? Yeah. I feel like it has to be more difficult. It has it, to be more be, difficult. Can't be less difficult. But I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess. Western Kentucky at home. Less difficult. Mm-hmm. Charlotte on the road. That's a scary game as well. But it's I mean it's obviously gonna be more difficult, but I'm not worried about it. Okay. All right. Last thing. Should Javion Hamlet be J- Javion Hamlet be the player of I'm the year? I'm so ready for this. I, I asked Bruni yesterday. I was like, "When are we starting our campaign for uh, Javion, Javion being player conference of the player of the year?" And I told you today. So Javion or uh, what's his name? Javon Jackson is averaging like 27 a game. He's the leading scorer in the nation. He's playing on a team that's not good. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the only other person that can be player of the year has to be Javion. What? Why'd you sign? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to look up. So, I just don't know if you can not give it to him. Not give it to Javion? No, not give or it to Javon. Javon. Yeah, that's it's tough. Because Conference USA is going to go for exposure more so than... Than what? He's, the, he's probably the best player in the conference. He has to be the best player in the conference, first of all. But his team's not winning. That is the knock against him. I mean the WKU game is is a perfect example. They go to overtime and they lose. They lose. Okay, let me get. Let me and get, they were up with thirty seconds left. Let me get individual stats here. All right, so this is only a conference play. Okay. Scoring: Javon Jackson twenty seven point six, Keaton Wallace twenty one point four, Bryson Williams, UTEP. Another very good player. But again, they're not playing well. They're, they might not even make the tournament. 18 points. Tavion Kinsey from Marshall, 18 points. Javion, 17.3 points. Devon Andrews, a good player from FIU, 16.6. Hollingsworth, 16.6. Um, Mo at 15. Yeah, I think that's I think that's all the candidates. Yeah, it's not like a... Okay, go, go through all of Javon's stats. I don't have all of his stats up. Like assists, if you have that. He averages 2.9 assists per game. Steals. He averages 1.3 steals. And then turnovers. He averages... He also plays 37 and a half minutes per game. That's kind of crazy. Um, I do not have his turnovers. Ah, unfortunately. Well, I'm uh, not convinced. Okay, Javon Jackson, Bryson Williams, Javion Hamlet. You think that's the Tavion order? Hollingsworth. You think that's the no? Order? Those are the top four. Okay, Tavion has to be in that top four. Uh, I will say this: if North Texas goes three and one and wins conference USA regular season, I will say Javion Hamlet should be it. Yeah, which I think is the most likely outcome. You think you think the most likely outcome is three and one? Yes. At at least I could see them. You think they could sweep it? They could do it. It'll be tough for any team to sweep. It'll be tough for any team to go three and one. Yes. North Texas is the most capable of that. Louisiana Tech is also capable as well. Man, it's tough. If Javon Jackson, I'll say this. If UTSA right now, I believe, is six and eight yeah. in conference play. 
he's got to get up to eight wins at least. If they go eight and ten, then there's an argument to be made. But Bryson William, his team is like four and whatever right now, and they're not good. Tavion Hollingsworth is interesting as well. Tavion Hollingsworth, it's kind of they would have to win the conference, West yeah. Kentucky. So that that's another argument there that for him, like he's gonna have to do that. Javion, I think, just has to keep doing what he's doing, and they have to keep winning, win a couple more games, and win the conference, and that'll be it. And he, I think, he's got to do it. I think he's, I think he's got to get it. And it's crazy because he hasn't won a single conference player, player of the week. Dang, that is crazy. Uh, Jackson's won a lot. I think he's won four or five, which is another reason I think they're just gonna give it to him. Basketball um, media vice is awful. Bryson Edwards, I believe, <laughs> has gotten a couple, and uh, I think Tavion may, may have gotten one or two. Kenzie, I think, has gotten one or two as well. Now, what are we bringing in advanced analytics conference USA? <laughs> Give me win shares, net, net on off splits. Man, I don't know, man. Where's hoop lens at? <laughs> in my computer. Um, I I do think I think it's crazy because before the conference play, I wouldn't have ever expected Javion Hamlet to be in the conversation. I wouldn't think any North Texas player would have been. Yeah, in the conference, Mo Mo could have been, I think, but. This is crazy the way Javion's been playing. And yeah. so I'm glad he's getting the chance. And I think that if they go three and one and they end fifteen and three in conference play, he has to win it. And if he doesn't win it at that point, then we riot. <laughs> then we Being riot twenty four seven riot. Then we write columns. Good thing good thing Conference USA is based in Frisco, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, we will see them, Colin. <laughs> we we will see them. We will have picket picket signs outside their offices. No, so that, I I do think he's. I think there's a greater than fifty percent chance of him winning it. But then Javon or Javon Jackson has like that forty percent chance that you're just like, they might just give it to him, off the strength of him being really good. Stupid. Well, we will riot. Who who knows if we'll riot or not? All right, Colin. That's all I had for this episode. Some um, what's the word? Some uh. What what's what's the word that people say when they have like a list of things that they have to do? House cleaning. Thank you, Colin. Jesus Christ, what are you doing? Okay, some you house cleaning. You say that? Some house cleaning. Guys, Bruni says that at 21 years old, got some house cleaning to do. So, uh, anyways, you disappoint me. Here we go for our podcasts in the coming weeks. Here's the schedule. We are going to do not do a podcast next Sunday. We're going to wait till after the Louisiana Tech game at home on Saturday and then the road FIU game on the 27th on that's on a Thursday. We will either be doing our podcast the 27th or 28th. So either the night of the 27th or the morning of the 28th. So that way we have two games to talk about and we can we can analyze, you know, the two we can game, talk about that 2 and 0, the two game mark halfway through. 2 and 0 win. Then North Texas plays two more games basically back to back ish kind of, you know what I mean? No no breaks in between. And they play Charlotte on March 4th. So we'll either do it again March 4th or March 5th, one of those two days. So that's two podcasts over those two. Um, maybe do – now we'll we'll hold off for a football one till pro day. That's when we'll do that one. Okay. okay. I think that's it. Those are That's the housekeeping. Housekeeping. That's what it is. That's what it's called. I, it's, you, no one says that Housekeeping. Still. Things to get to. Okay. So that's our pod schedule. Colin, anything else on the children? 
what <laughs> for the for the elementary school i mean i had some i had some some messages saying man i wish when i was a kid oh my they goodness. took me to basketball games let me tell you, you something you, you didn't go, go to, to basketball games whenever you want who's stopping you if i'm an elementary schooler and i'm going to some basketball thing mm-hmm. i'm thinking that it's a professional team if i'm like six I'm like going in. I'm like, are these the Mavs? And then like, I'm going to be disappointed when I find out that they're not the Mavs and then I'm not going to care. Who is this green team? <laughs> exactly. Why is one team scoring 17 points in the first half? What is this old Dominion blue team here? This is awful. Where's Luca? <laughs> exactly. Kids aren't going to be able to understand. Right. We're acting like the kids are going in there like, wow, they're like, they're this like, is a life-changing like, experience. Right. And they're like, they're going in there like, oh, he just hedges the screen. <laughs> like... <laughs> Backdoor rotation. Oh my rotation. my gosh, he slipped the screen. What? Let's find the shooter, DJ Draper. Yeah. No one knows. No elementary school kid there knew who DJ Draper no, was. You know what the, you know what it was? It was whenever the the box the the box that flashed noise did that, they made noise. Congratulations. That's all I'm saying. We are here. North Texas is here. We will persevere <laughs> through the children. Through I need to end this podcast. <laughs> I will. I need to end this podcast. All right, everybody. <laughs> For Colin Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni. Follow us on Twitter at Mean Green 24-7, CJH Mitchell, and Matthew Bruni underscore. Send all of your hot takes to us. Send all of your disagreements to them. We feed off of them. We really do. We really do. Bruni is really like hyped we, up from this, enjoy this, 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 this elementary school kid. <laughs> I was at dinner and I was just laughing at my phone. I was like, "Man, we we really got them riled up about some six year olds. Man, they were going at us." But anyways, thank you all for listening. Subscribe to us on Apple and SoundCloud, Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. Leave us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. It really makes us feel good about ourselves. And subscribe to Mean Green twenty four seven. Become a VIP. We have a lot of good stuff coming. Isn't there still that one dollar special? Yes, it's still a one dollar special. One dollar for one month, and also, I think a sixty percent off for the annual. So check for that those out who don't know, you also get CBS Sports like TV with that subscription. It's like ESPN Plus except for CBS. There you go. They email about me about it all the time, but I have yet to capitalize. <laughs> Make sure you capitalize <laughs> yeah, exactly. on that deal. And I'm pretty sure you can look at other uh, VIP stories from other sites. As yeah, well. you can. So that's a really cool. So thing. like, if you're like a closet like UT fan like Bruni, you can uh, no look shame. at the light recruiting stuff too. No shame. All right. So yeah, subscribe to Me Green Twenty Four Seven. We appreciate it. For Colin Mitchell, Maya Mitchell, and myself, y'all have a good week. <laughs>